0: a platform for supporting the collective inquiry into deep impact. As a part of the Poetry of Impact, the Journey to Impact podcast brings to life the ebb and flow inherent on the path of impact, illuminating the interior journey of the hearts and minds of today's top leaders in impact. Here, you'll hear the intimate stories of those who push forward to overcome self-limitations and societal barriers, to co-create a world where one day all people and planet can thrive together.
1: is gino borges and thank you for joining the journey to impact a virtual fireside chat series this journey of impact series is here to tell a different story of impact while we will naturally address some of the landmarks of the journey this series is designed to create space for uncovering the emotional mental and spiritual challenges and successes along the path of impact It's less about the outcomes or results of our actions but rather the human components of what it feels like to operate in the impact world illuminating one's inner journey today i'd like to welcome alexandria and josephine Kryan, who are joining us from uh, amsterdam um, in holland and stockholm sweden correct josephine correct nice well welcome ali and josephine it's such a it's such a pleasure and this phone is all of a sudden talking to me um mm-hmm. It's such a pleasure to have you guys here. I've known you for a while through the Tonic Impact community, and it um, has always settled in positively when you guys have shared your journey in terms of what it means to get to impact. And I um, look forward to really unpacking that. And while I've gotten to know you guys really um well and more and more it seems like incrementally through each gathering uh, and as, as our paths sort of overlap. Um, I'm going to share a bit about your biographies, but I really wanted to let you guys know that there's a lot of layers here of specialness. Um, not only are you um, on the youthful side of the movement, one, um, you know, you're two young women who are abroad. Um, who, are in, who are in Europe, but also have a big impact and are contributing to what's happening here in the United States in terms of um, impact investing. Before I begin that journey, let me share a little bit about your um, backgrounds in terms of the work that you do in the world. Um, Ali is um, serving on the board of directors of Tonic, and she's also on the management board of Soil Heroes Foundation, Uh, Josephine serves on the Private Wealth Management Advisory Board of Triodos Banks, which is one of the world's leading sustainable banks, and also is involved in a company called NorthVolt, which is a fully circular 100% hydrogen energy-enabled large-scale battery manufacturer in Sweden. Those are a lot of adjectives in front of that.
2: A lot of words, a lot of words, words. just to say trying to do things differently for, for a purpose.
1: Yeah. But your true power comes in when you guys are talking and building what you're doing with your um, as a family. When you're talking about building the new economy, so all these individual paths that I just got in sharing in terms of your biographies are really, in essence, sort of being governed by this larger uh, framework of intention that I see and. Let me recap it for what I view and from from my vantage point. I see you guys contributing to building a new economy, one which nourishes all life and and influences a new financial system, which serves the new economy. So there's a connection there between the new economy being tied to a new financial system um, as opposed to just doing um, something in the new economy, which excludes the financial system and thinking that we're going to get to a new economy. We'll explore that in a second. Together, both of you founded um, New AGE Capital, a holding company dedicated to solutions to improve carbon capture and reduce carbon emissions within the agriculture and food systems, a la your interest in companies and investment platforms like Ecotrust, which is in the northwest of the United States. You also aim to reduce social and economic inequalities through inclusive financial structures, which I'm guessing is connected to new financial systems that can contribute to a new economy. Hence, we're going in circles here because that's the way life works. So let's just begin with this concept of new economy um, and what is the inspiration for and what led you to your past? Was it some like aha moment in the old economy that says, look, I'm here one time on earth and let's get this right in terms of we know certain things and let's start putting things in action.
2: Um, maybe I'll start off and alley add in, but uh, I think it's quite bold for us to think that we know what the new economy looks like. I think it's more of an exploration to discover what a new economy can be. Um, so here with this intention um, of trying to find solutions that contribute to the new economy, it's a challenge for us to, to identify and constantly challenge ourselves to think is this just a band-aid solution within a system that's already broken or is this actually going to fundamentally shift things towards um, a new functioning system and then and, um, and the impact that that can have and then the financial system that just overlays the new economy um, as you said it's very much connected to how we invest the transaction structures that we engage in how do we make sure that the communities um, affected by whatever intervention that we're trying to um, support or the employees that are working within um, the organization that we're investing in or whatever um, stakeholder that is key to the success of this is incentivized, involved and is also benefiting ultimately from the proceeds of whatever investment will occur. If we're just looking at it from an investment angle. Um, So really making sure that it's not just, again, um, a power dynamic within um, financial structure that we or the financial system at large that we see right now where you have a few benefiting from um, assets that a lot of others have no access to nor will ever reap the benefits of trying to really start to change that from a structural perspective
3: yeah and maybe building on that in terms of um, what is wrong maybe the other side of it what's wrong with the current economy and the current financial system Uh, to counter the exploration of the new one, is I think this, I don't know, realization that um, the current economy actually, sort of that as the essence that is supposed to serve society, and and currently it doesn't necessarily. There is this constant drive for growth, and we're seeing that it's already sort of gone over the planetary boundaries that we have. And at the same time, that, that's all we're, we're looking to achieve as a society is this constant growth. And also then that's reflected in our financial system is that this constant need for more, more and more and more and scaling and more returns, um, which we're seeing is just not in harmony with nature and planetary boundaries. So somewhere that needs to, there, there, there's, an, there's an edge to that. And as um, there's this incredible economist, Kate Raworth, that talks about donut economics and really thinking about, you know, what does economic growth look like within the planetary boundaries? And and so that's where that exploration kind of comes from is, you know, what would that look like if we're not constantly growing as an economy and we're not constantly chasing after more profits um, through financing that economy? What, what, what would that look like? Um, and would we all still be able to live amazing lives that are potentially even more fulfilled um, than we currently have?
1: where did it so that's a um that's a good uh, framing in terms of it being aspiration not not really understanding uh, exactly um what's a band-aid what's systemic until you really drop in but let's drop back a bit because you didn't start off there i mean like where did your life take place where a rub occurred between the old and like was there any moment of burnout family history um, take us to where the, where the old created a moment for you is like, there's got to be something more here to, to this journey on earth because no one starts off where, yeah. where you just described.
3: Yeah, I think the, we, we both had similar journeys and I'll, I'll start off and then joke and drop in is that, uh, we, we inherited wealth and I think there's always this sort of discomfort in terms of. Why me? Like, why am I so special? What did I deserve to get this capital? Uh, And there was this inherent that I think children always feel. And then as adults, we kind of lose that this this weird sense of this is not fair. Um, And and that is sort of a feeling, or at least I'll speak for myself, that I have had from a young child. It just didn't feel fair. And so you're kind of thinking about how can I benefit others? You know, how can I bring other people into the opportunity set that I had or I enjoyed as a child um, and continue to enjoy? Uh, isn't there a model where there could be more fairness and and um, more equal opportunity? So I started exploring that in university um, and I came across the idea of social entrepreneurship. It really spoke to me because I, I loved still the idea of business. That's something we were Raised with an investment was something we were raised with. So I really liked that thinking and doing it at the same time that for the first time offered, for at least for me, a model that that, that was different and, and that could sort of marry those two. Uh, and so initially I really explored this more from a professional perspective. I moved out to India uh, to explore this and, and really look at what do those business models look like. I, I worked for an organization called Dasara, uh, got to work hands on with social entrepreneurs, which I absolutely loved. And I think if anything, it just really convinced me that this is a viable model. Um, at the same time, I started also then convincing Indian families they should invest in these Indian enterprises. And there was some sense of hypocrisy, hypocr- hypocrisy uh, in that because here I was trying to convince other families to do impact investing a strategic philanthropy. And I started realizing that maybe we need to first have a conversation with our own family but how we could potentially do that before I start convincing other people to do that.
1: And, and, and how was that convincing of your family? Like, how did that go?
3: I, I think the biggest lesson uh, that we learned is initially we really approached it from a sort of theoretical perspective. So we talked about this whole philosophy of impact investing. And, you know, we had this amazing theory and, and, and sort of, Uh, academic ideas that we were exploring, but also uh, real theories that we're seeing in practice. And I think that resonated less. There was sort of this confusion about what we were talking about. And it wasn't until we started coming with real deals like practical, like here is an investment proposition. This is what the team looks like. This is what their experience is. This is their cash flow. This is their business opportunity that we started to really get traction. And I wish we learned that earlier on because I feel like the conversation got much easier once we started talking about tangible solutions rather than this theoretical idea called impact investing.
2: And if I can take it even one step back, I think before we got to the point of, wanting to explain it theoretically i think we were quite frustrated inside as well if i can be very honest where it was there was a, a dynamic of and i think this is unconsciously i don't think we we were thinking okay this is the old economy this is the new economy this is the old financial system this is the new financial system but there's this mindset of investing is to make money why are you trying to change these boundaries and for for us that we were so passionate doing this professionally in our lives were impact investing, social enterprise. I mean, this was the way forward. This is the future. And then to be within a structure that is more traditional focused, where there's a difference. I mean, you have a foundation. That's what your foundation does. I mean, this is so exciting. Do this within the foundation. And we thought, but we have all this capital and this is where we're going to make the change. So I think there was also before that, there was actually a little bit of a rubbing that probably occurred where it was a, a frustration on our end that we couldn't we couldn't have our family members see um, the vision of the future that we had. Um, and then trying to explain it theoretically, as, as Ali said, is probably definitely not the way to go. And I, I forget who it was who just said, just dip your toe in, just make the first investment. It doesn't matter what it is. Just do it just to do the first investment. It was so scary. I think the first one that we did um, and then you realize, okay, this is, this is an investment. Like this is something that I'll, you know, I'll have in a portfolio for a while to come. What does this mean? How do I interact? I mean, then it suddenly becomes, it, it becomes uh, real in many ways. I mean, being an advisor to, um, or advising and supporting social enterprises, that's it's a different role to play than when you actually are trying to shift capital within a family office structure. Um, suddenly your skin is very much in the game. <laughs>
3: Yeah. And so much pressure on that first one, because you really feel like everything's riding on this first investment, which is, and there's obviously, as we all know, I mean, some fail. That's the whole game of investing. And so, yeah, it was like Joe said, very, very scary making that first one. And then, um, but then after that, you sort of get the hang of it. And you start feeling really confident. And you're like, oh, we can do this. <laughs> and doesn't mean we we're going to not have failures, but you sort of realize that, um, I don't know. Like, obviously, there's the whole language, the whole intimidating language around investing that you kind of need to get to grips with. But ultimately, is sort of, does the business make sense? Is there a good team? And does the business model make sense? Like, those are conversations that... Um, Anybody can have, I think, and, and and think through. So um yeah, I think once we sort of realized that, then we started getting excited and want to deploy more capital.
1: Now is your family a hundred percent impact across the board, removing all the silos, foundation, private assets, public equities, or is there still a um a significant portion in the old economy? Um, and then you got some moving in the new economy. And if so, how do you confront this reality of in every family member, there's some family members that really want to press the gas and go. And then there's some family members that just like are are not ready to go. And <laughs> so while, so I'm, I'm guessing it's more the latter, uh, which is where most families are. And what I'm really interested in is just how do you guys confront that reality of like especially the longer you're in the impact space is like wow we can really go in this direction now and mm-hmm. yet you're not there um in essence so how do you sort of navigate that on a day to weekly monthly basis sort of holding those two spaces if that is the case
2: mm. I think here um I think in the beginning, as Alexander was explaining, it's, it's too theoretical um, or it was too theoretical. And then once we did our first investment or once we actually, we, at some point we took a step back and we said, you don't need to invest with us. Can we just have a small portion that we can start investing and we will continue to keep you informed as we go along. And then we presented them the first investment we were going to do, which is an amazing organization based in Uganda doing solar distributed solar home systems. Um, and uh, both of us felt very strongly about this female entrepreneur that was running it on the ground who really thought things through differently. And to be very honest, just taking a side, side step, she was um, really unique in structuring from a transaction perspective when the exit actually occurred to make sure that all of the employees that benefited, equally benefited from that transaction as the investors did. So again, an amazing, very lucky in that first example that it actually as we're now reflecting back, has a lot of the characteristics in it that we're looking for in our investments in the future as well. Um, but at that point in time, when we presented that opportunity and really without soliciting, there was quite a lot of investment, quite a lot of family members that said, actually, I'm quite interested as well in that. That's So suddenly it wasn't us pushing anymore. And it was very much a, if you'd like, I mean, we're going to be looking at deal flow. We more than welcome your participation, come join. So it was, we did it in the beginning very much as a it's your option. You don't need to change, you know, your whole portfolio. And I think for us, it, it was actually quite a, a quick transition to 100 percent impact. It didn't make any sense to stick in you know, 50 percent or carve out. I mean, for us, to be very honest, I felt quite disconnected to the, the capital. It wasn't mine to be earned. And I, I should just be a, a steward of it for the next generation and for the planet. Um, so it was, it wasn't a, um, a trying to force the family members into becoming a hundred percent impact. It was very much, this is our journey. And as we can see more capital within our portion that we own becoming available for us to distribute into hundred percent impact, then that is where we want to, uh, put our capital, but it's more of an invitation to the rest of the family members on a deal by deal basis, if they want to join or not. Um, and here I think it, it's helped Alexandra and I be maybe more radical in our thinking without having to have the burden of of making sure that it ticks everyone else's concerns and risk levels and et cetera. So we've done it, I think, in quite a a non-invasive way once we came over a few of the other hurdles of uh, (laughs) of steps with the family. Um, So now it's it's quite, I mean, even for our portfolio as well, I mean, although we have the desire for 100% impact, we actually still have quite a lot of pieces that are stuck within legacy investments, you know, that we can't liquidate, we physically cannot liquidate them yet. But the second that we can, we look forward to it and we look forward to redeploying that into something that is aligned with the future that we want to create. And um, So there's a reality of a journey that we just need to be on and equally so everyone's journey is their own. And I think we see the same with our family members where if you make it um, an invitation that is non-intimidating, non-judgmental, um, I think there's there was actually much more interest. Um, I think nine of the 15 family members invested in the first investment that we did. So even from the first one onwards, um these these types of investment opportunities can actually be extremely exciting um so so that's been our journey with the family thus far
3: yeah and i, yeah, I think just, the more that we did the more that the the business case also became really clear right like there's sort of initially that i don't know which is logical like what is that trade-off what does that look like is there a trade-off you know there's all these concerns and and you don't know until you're in it. And I think once we started investing in enough of these, there there was an understanding or there you could really see in live action how mission and and profit can be super aligned, that there is no decision between the two. Like the better the business does, like in a simple example, the solar energy company, the more people that have solar energy. You know, like there's sort of this intricate link between the two. And I think... The business case is just um, becomes more and more evident as you go along because I don't know there there is such a big demand for renewable energy. There's such a big demand for um, uh, for fish, and there's there's no supply of it, and there's <laughs> there's there's more demand as we see now for plant based food, and there's not enough supply. And so there's constantly that need. Um, uh, or there's business opportunities um, that, as you start delving into this world of impact, you realize just how many there are uh, that are completely untapped at the moment. And I think that's where you really get that excitement around these business opportunities. And it becomes less about um, any trade off, but really about, wow, how lucky am I to be able to step into these opportunities early before anybody else has potentially seen them uh, and really get to be, I don't know, yeah, I don't want to say a first mover, but. Uh, sort of along with the first movers in these uh, areas.
1: I really like that idea of the invitation. Um, I think that's, um, you guys can go an entire speaking circuit, in the entire, uh, speak to a lot of families just on that framing um, for people uh, that are in sort of a similar situation. I would say that your situation is very similar to a lot of people um, where you have some impact people in the family. Um, and I think there's a large part of the conversation in the impact spaces is family dynamics, right? And um, especially in a group like Tonic in particular, um, that actually invites that kind of conversation. And you often hear about this particular struggle. You won't hear about the family dynamics in a more of a traditional type of impact gathering, which is more about the silos and the thematics and da 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 but... Um, Really appreciate you bringing that up. And I was wondering if um, part of what you're sharing now, uh, one of the things I'm really impressed with is the mission statement that you guys came up with for your investment platform, which I think involves you and your brother, Is, he, is he, see if I'm correct, or who's the A, G, and E. I'm guessing the E is your brother, but I may be wrong. Yes. Um,
2: we, we, have always said that we could exchange him for enterprises if we need to, yeah, but exactly. it is Alexandra, Josephine and, and Edward as a, as an origin, but, uh, and we say guess. usually new age.
1: Yeah, I like it. So, I mean, uh, talk about a little bit about the formation of that. Um, I think you're, you've been touching on it, but talk about why you did that and then what it looks like um, and then in the, what it looks like to include how you um, derived your mission statement?
2: <laughs> I have to be very honest the, the naming of new age is probably the biggest um, failure of an experiment that my parents had uh, when we were younger really trying to encourage us you know to, to think philanthropically and so they they said that they wanted us to start a foundation they would donate to our foundation. And we would have to set up the name. One of them, one of us would have to be the president of the organization. The other one would have to take the notes. The other one would have to make sure, you know, that, that things were kept in check and balances. So they, they really tried to help us structure how do you how do you think about setting up a foundation and then start in uh, donating that capital away. And I think it took us about two years to just think about the name. And at some point, my parents said, you know what? If you're not going to donate the capital, we will. I mean, you have to start moving this money. And so, I mean, it was just the, the, so that's how the origin of the name was. I'm happy it took us two years to come to the name because I'm still very happy with it. But I think the, the framing around it definitely wasn't the, the best of the examples of us as a family being very effective in our, in our capital. But, uh, but maybe you want to take Ali, how it evolved into what it is today with new age capital.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah, so and like we, we, we keep the E in there for my brother, Edward, just in, so he knows the door is always open and he can always join us. <laughs> so that's a, an open invitation. Like you, like you were talking about earlier, the open invitation is there still for my brother. I hope he's listening. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, but we, so I think as we were kind of touching on earlier, our journey started very much with, okay, like, let's figure out this thing called impact investing for ourselves and put our capital to work. And, you know, what are those really cool enterprises where, you know, we can we can get also capital from our family into it and, 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 and really test its viability. And after five years of doing that, we kind of looked at each other and said, okay, like, we now know this works, right? You can make an investment and make impact and still make a profit like that is great. And we're very happy that we can do that. But, but what's the next thing? What's our next challenge? And that's where we really uh, started on this new journey uh, with the help of Urit and Lital, who I know you're going to speak with on one of your other um, uh, podcasts. Um, We engaged with them on really thinking about, you know, what could that new um, chapter look like? What is it that we would like to look back in, in 50 years and really say, wow, I'm so happy that we were able to contribute a little bit towards this larger vision in this and this way um, and be able to look at that in and in, in, in measure that ideally too in one way, shape or form to really, um, yeah, I guess be more intentional uh, in terms of what we're doing and how we're doing it. Um, and that's, that's sort of the journey that led us to that mission statement that you keep referring to. and You already touched on it earlier. I mean, it's really about building a new economy Um, and one that actually nourishes all life. So it's about, um, yeah, going back to what the economy was really meant to do. Um, And then with that, it's really about also then influencing a new financial system that actually serves a new economy versus being completely detached uh, from it that we currently have. Um, And essentially, in this is also that we use all of the resources that we have available to us. So it's not just our investment capital. Uh, but we're really looking to see how do we use our voice, energy, time, investments, grants, as well as personal consumption uh, towards building this new economy and financial system. Um, and and that's something that we're still sort of working on. I think the investment part is sort of the more straightforward. The consumption part is also something that we've been sort of in our own way, shape and form journeying on already for a while, you know, like thinking about like, what is the food that I eat? What is the clothes that I buy? Like, how is that, um, either contributing or not contributing to this new economy that we've, that we would like to have. Um, and then, yeah, but then some of these other areas so, such as grant giving, as well as our voice energy and time, we're still figuring out, like, how do we use that in the best way, um, or in the most effective way? Um, and, and we do want to sort of focus ourselves a little bit because the economy is very broad and the financial system is really broad. So we've sort of I'd narrowed it down a bit on um, the food system and effective of land use as the two pillars um, in terms of how we want to, at the very least, sort of focus our investment portfolio. Um, and um, yeah, so that's sort of in a nutshell um, what our mission statement's about.
1: Can you talk a little bit? I and what I liked about that was some, uh, the integrative approach between the outer world of making investment and then your sort of your personal world. Can you talk a little bit about how, um, because your personal resources are finite in terms of your in terms of your money, but have you looked at how potentially your network itself? could be amplified through like voice and time and effort to accomplish the mission. So how do you sort of navigate that migration between, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to invest in land projects versus like seeing it much more holistically and realizing like, wow, you know, I'm spending an enormous amount of time here. I have an enormous amount of access. I've been enormously educated on these issues how could I activate the nodes to amplify this mission so that it's beyond um, Ali and Josephine?
3: Yes, that's very much part of... And that's really where these networks come in. Uh, the networks such as uh, PIMWIMIC in the Netherlands, which is um, stands for Put Your Money Where Your mean is Com- Meaning Is Company, uh, which is um, a network here in the Netherlands as well as Tonic, the really global community of impact investors. I think those are the two that we're most active in, but there's some amazing other ones as well uh, that we're active in. And at least that's what I see as sort of the collective, right? Because there's there's no way uh, that we're going to be able to create anything ourselves in terms of change, like changing the new economy or changing the financial system. Like, we need to work together. And if anything, in our new adventure, really hope to see, like, how can we even more collaboration than we've done Um, and and we see at least these networks as as a first stepping stone in terms of you know how do we work together how do we um, yeah co-invest use our voices together use our energy together because ultimately that's where uh, I feel like we can make a change.
2: And I think, I mean, building on that, I think it's uh, it's been part of this journey of looking at what is our strategy looking forward, that this is an area that we, I think, very much want to grow within so that we become even more intentional in using our voice, energy, and time. Um, so I think in many ways, Alexandra, through all the various board positions that she's in and through the various um, activities that you do as well, I mean, you are very much focusing on a ecosystem level, how do you create this movement, how do you ignite it, how do I make sure that this continues to grow, which is one way of which we can spend our energy time um, and our voices. But I think there is there is so much more that we can build um, on. And um, and that's something that we we want to dive into more and explore more. But one of the ways in which we could start to think about this, even on our invest, even if we look at our investment portfolio, is how do we build bridges across the various companies that are all working towards one end goal how do we build this collaboration so that ultimately we can change the system and that that involves a lot of energy it involves a lot of time to really make sure that you can create a platform or start igniting a platform or maybe we realize that our voice is best heard if we you know, purchase a stock and go to that general meeting and and explain statistically what is going on or from the heart what we feel when we when we, um, experience this as a consumer or as just um, anyone, anyone in, in as, as a human, if you will. Um, so I think there's more ways in which we can be more active and more intentional in these areas um, that I personally very much want to continue to explore. I think this is one where we've traditionally, um, as I think Alexandra was mentioning as part of our journey, we were so focused on these exciting investment opportunities, um, and then you build this beautiful portfolio of all these, you know, sexy impact investments, and you realize, okay, this is great, but what is that next step? And I think that's where we started thinking more broadly of, okay, we are human. Aside from our investment capital, we consume. That was a piece that we were already very aligned on. So you across the board, what are we doing with our capital? Okay, then we have our energy and our time, and and our voice. And that's, I think, an area that I want to continue to explore more. I see brilliant role models that use their voice in ways that is so powerful, that is really provocative, that is um, where you can see there is elements of change occurring in the room. I mean, that would be a, a goal, a dream.
1: Do you have an example I mean, yeah. of somebody? Sorry. Go ahead. Josephine, yeah. do you have an example?
2: Actually, a close friend of mine in Denmark, um, Celia, who, I mean, she she actually is on stage three, four times a week. And she'll be the one in the room that will also just raise her hand and just make one small comment about, um, you know, the gender diversity on stage or the sourcing of the food of the event where they're from, or um, when she's speaking in front of pension funds, just just making one comment about the reality that she experienced when she was in Greenland, or she, she really is able to move people emotionally and and shake uh, minds in a way that um, that I find extremely beautiful. I would love to learn from her her ways.
3: Hallie, I wanted to yeah, I'll add actually one of uh, another example of our um, a very instrumental mentor we've had um, called Margaret von Berninge, who was one of the co-founders of Pym Um She's also one of those power women. Um, who always just on stage, you know, she she does it. She she did a lot of moderation. She unfortunately passed away three weeks ago, which has been um, really tough. Um, She had this power where, you know, like whenever there's a conversation on stage, she cut through the bullshit (laughs) and she didn't let people blab on. She would just cut them off in a very polite way and say, "Okay, but that was my question. (laughs) My question was, (laughs) and then she would go straight back to the question and she would repeat it until somebody actually answered her question. It's, it's
1: and,
2: the kindness and, of, of the boldness.
3: <laughs> Such a skill that I, again, like it's something I would admire or it's something that I do admire that I, I would love to learn myself.
1: And the kindness of the boldness so,
2: that comes together.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and where do you sort of see right now where you guys are at in terms of um, – this journey beyond the beautiful aesthetic portfolio, impact portfolio, and Josephine, you talked about potentially like cross, you know, crossing interest, adding a voice. Where's, and your interest in being as bold as the two ladies that you mentioned, speak to why you admire that. And as a result, it's sister is, the sister question is, why haven't, why aren't you there yet in terms like when you really drop in with yourself, like what's holding you back from doing that? Like what is the inner limitation or physical limitation or cognitive and so forth?
3: I, at least I can, I'll speak for myself in terms of I sometimes struggle between to get people along on your journey with you, you have to speak their language. And so there is, Definitely, I find this tension between conforming to the old financial system and their language, their way of doing to at least make impact easier to digest as sort of an added thing to something they're already doing, uh, which is easier to understand for somebody that potentially comes from the traditional financial system versus the whole new financial system or the way we want to go. And that can be really off-putting and intimidating and scary. Um, particularly if, if you're a financial, if you've been working in a financial system for your whole life and somebody comes and says, no, everything you say, like we need to throw around and we need to like change everything. That's really scary. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I struggle between sort of talking about the new financial system in full boldness and really calling out what I think is needed to build that new economy in terms of financing (laughs) and, speaking the language that people understand and that people feel comfortable with. And, and so anyway, that, that's where I constantly feel myself being pulled between.
2: I think from a, a voice perspective, um, there is, I'm, I'm I love executing on things. I, I'm an executioner. So I, I love being able to walk the talk and, um, and in some ways, I think Alexandra and I have made a, a beautiful journey in where we are today, but there's so much more that we need to do. And there's so much more that I have to learn, and both of us have to learn on this journey. So I think speaking about it is, I mean, it has a level of confidence where I would love first not to be able to have achieved it, but just be closer to it, where I can really start to feel it. So maybe it's just a, a personal struggle of, of um, speaking about it maybe as boldly as Alexandra was, was mentioning before. Um, so that's something I will have to work on internally. And then from a time and energy perspective, my time and energy at this point in time is quite limited, given um, given my involvement with Northfold. So that has been um, um, from that perspective something that has been limiting. But um, but that's nonetheless no excuses. It's it's an intention and it's a very deep seated intention. So I'm sure it will start seeing something grow from it soon
1: nice and as we um, wrap up you guys are enormously busy Um, you're occupied with fulfilling these intentions these impactful intentions Um, you know these people like look up to you and listen to you how do you stay centered in the midst of all this Uh, like what practices do you have that we don't even know about that um, it can be a micro practice or it can be something that, that everybody's familiar with but when it all feels chaotic and you're swirling around and all of a sudden there's an element of like you're dealing with shame or lack of confidence or like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how to approach this person. I can't understand this investment. What do you do to stay like right here, right now?
3: I love loud music and dance.
2: That's a good one. It's a very good one. Um, I was actually going to say, I turned to my, my sisterhood. So I've got, I mean, aside from this amazing sister that I have here, I've got also just a beautiful group of soul sisters around me. Um, and, uh, and I think in those types of, in those times, there is a beauty of being able to share without someone trying to solve your problems and just listening and resonating and continuing to rebuild. So I think, um, I, I turned to my sisterhood in, in those moments. Not to discredit my boyfriend, he's he's also beautiful and supporting me in those moments of down. But the first thing that pops to my mind is my is my sisterhood.
3: Her boyfriend standing, I think, next to her. So I think she needed to throw that. It
2: out. It. It's also intimidating having someone sit next to me and uh, and not acknowledge no
1: Put the plug in. Um, and is there something <laughs> that uh, we we were talking about that? Um, Asked for a little bit of rounding out that I was, um, that you would like to share with the audience as we culminate our conversation here. Something that popped up, other question that I asked that like thought back uh, on is like, oh, I wish I would have said this, or something your sister said that's like, oh, I'd like to add.
2: Well, something I, I really like, which is just a fun way maybe um, to round things off, is that the Swedish word for economy is näringsliv, which literally means nourishing life. So we just need to go back to the roots of what we all know is already there and just see if we can make, make it real again.
1: Wow, that's awesome. I never knew that. That's cool. Such a good word. Yeah, <laughs> such a good word. Gosh, what a concept, right? crazy (laughs) crazy it's radical (laughs) radical (laughs) speaking of that i mean it's interesting that you use the word josephine you talked about not sounding radical early on when like talking to family members them it's interesting that the burden like how what we're doing is considered radical when to me the real radicalness is the one dimensionality it's like yeah. how in a world like that is like, to me, that is so creative at this point to actually stay there knowing other stuff. Right. It's like, <laughs> like that to me is the radical stance is like, I know that I know I'm doing here and yet I know that this world exists. Like to me, that's much more radical than somebody, you know, offering another frame of sort of viewing stuff, like what mm-hmm. we're talking about in terms of impact and, I've been really challenging that term um, on radicalness because I know it suggests a pejorative interpretation or at least a pejorative sort of interpretation. You have to defend yourself, the warrant's on you, da 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 da. da. And yet, the more I think about it, the real radicalness is the one dimensional single profit enterprise. Like to me, that's so radical. It's like, wow, you guys pulled that off. How did you do that? It's that's so,
3: that's, good, that's, yeah. good. that's a, so good you say that, too, because I, I find, like Joe was saying, going back to the root of the word economy and going back to the root of how we used to do things. And I had to right away think about an investment we made in ecotrust and how, you know, the, the radical approach there is going back to indigenous people and asking them how they've always managed the land and actually listening to them. And like, isn't that radical? And sort of people think that's scary and crazy and <laughs> like, like, no, we, we don't do that anymore. You know, that's just not how things are done. And and that's the radicalness. I, I love that you 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 wrap things up that way because you're right. I do feel sometimes like, you know, like by questioning the system, you're the radical one when exactly like you say, it's actually the current system that is completely out of whack. And the people that are doing that every day and not. not yeah. Maybe they're the radical ones that <laughs> continue doing that.
1: For sure. Um, beautiful souls, beautiful conversation. Um, and this is going to be such a wonderful contribution to the ongoing conversation uh, amongst the other beautiful souls of impact, whether they're founders or investors. And so thank you so much, Josephine. Thank you so much, Allie. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank
2: you, Gino. Those yeah ones.
1: for sure and look forward to seeing you next perhaps the uh global gathering in san diego
2: Ooh, i didn't know they there. exciting
1: yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> so yeah. great good deal thanks have a wonderful day
0: thank you for listening to the journey to impact If you enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word by subscribing to this series on Apple Podcasts and sharing with your friends on your favorite social media platform. For a preview of our previous or upcoming episodes, visit www.poetryofimpact.com.